Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. you um i'm good i have the child here that you'll hear about when we start our recording but i told had to turn off the tv because she was laughing so hard in my last call that people were like what is that i love that (laughs) she was laughing at animal videos on youtube so easy to do she needs to follow follow panda gossip on instagram (laughs) uh have you seen orange cat on instagram (laughs) no is it funny? oh gosh i've got us to do okay. the orange cat because it's it's me growing up in sports it's like this cat <laughs> like every time there's one like really athletic cat every time the ball like hits the cat in the head or there's one where the ping pong ball gets lodged in its eyeball oh I'm my like, gosh this okay. is why i never played ball sports this is me <laughs> i'll check it out that's awesome. orange cat that's awesome perfect yeah <laughs> so if you need to laugh just find yourself orange cat Um, yeah how are you you're hot it's hot there Uh, it's yeah kansas is on fire so um not literally i shouldn't say that because literally there's because canada's on fire and it's like right above us it's legit yeah um no it's just it's really it's not only hot but like yesterday it was um at like 7 8 a.m it was like 95 degrees and no joke 97 percent humidity it was like just you just you can't even go outside and that. do anything, right? Like you can't because it's just miserable. No, and then and, you're exhausted yeah. if you try to go do yeah. something like run or and, ride or. And I think for me, it's even worse. Like going in and out, like going out into that extreme heat, and then going back inside to like an air conditioned building. You're like, oh, yeah. oh, it's just it makes me nauseous. It's and I'm like I'm somebody that like likes the heat. I I love I love the warm weather. I love summer, but this is and it's it started it started Sunday, like it just ramped up. And then it's all the, it's all the way to Friday this week of like 105, 106, 107, and then just humidity rates that are, you know, above 80%. And you can see it when you look out the window, it's like, just, there's like a haze. that's just sitting there of like wet heat. It's gross. Don't, don't come to Kansas right now. Uh, I do not plan to, 
uh, I'm well, and you're sitting there in a flannel. Flannel. I'm I'm <laughs> practically naked, and, and Catherine's wearing a flannel. <laughs> so. Oh well, such well, is life. Such as I mean, I did live in Atlanta, so I did pay my dues for a long time. You <laughs> did. That's true. And I, 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 my sister. I had a sister that lived down there in Georgia, and like I went down to visit her one time in the yeah. summer, and I was like, this place is awful. <laughs> so <laughs> my friend always the called thing. it the devil's asshole. Yes. <laughs> It's an app description. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering though, do you think the devil's asshole would it's be hot wet air? Hot, <laughs> kind of moist and hot. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, everyone. That. that was yeah, too much. For you. Well, if you didn't like yeah, that, we're going to talk about periods today on the podcast. Oh, we do. We talk about periods and saddle sores. So get on with so it. Just get ready. Dear <laughs> uh, um, Sazel has been sponsoring the podcast. Uh, they might have actually just rolled off. So if you didn't get the deal, you didn't get the deal. But if not, if it, we still have it, it's in the show notes. Hopefully they do because uh, their stuff's really rad. But um, we interviewed their founder, Frankie Holt. Like when they sent us their stuff, I started looking at her website and I was like, oh my gosh, she's got a really cool yeah, story. She's pretty incredible. Yeah. And like we get into it at the end of the podcast, but there's some ways she does design that I really love. So um, yeah, I think y'all are going to really enjoy getting to know Frankie Holt with Fierce Hazel. Okay. Hey, <laughs> we, we have made it. I feel like I have a child with me today. So I feel like. My whole day is sort off. Well, <laughs> and last week we talked a little bit about um, how nice and cool it was here in Kansas. It's, um, it's, I'm pretty sure we're rivaling the temperature of the sun this week. It's oh. ridiculous. I yeah. It's flannel dis- shirt on. Disgusting. Yeah, you do. And I'm like practically naked. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm trying to stay cool. So, yeah. Okay. Well, despite being hot and having a child that I don't normally have with me. It's my niece, Brady. But, uh, we have a guest that I'm pretty excited about to have on today. We have uh, Frankie Holt joining us today. Welcome, Frankie. Thank you. I'm so pumped to be here after, I mean, I'm such a fangirl, so it's pretty <laughs> rad. <laughs> well, we're kind of fangirls too. We've gotten some of your fierce hazel bags and they are, they're amazing. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to get all into the story of how you started the company, all that stuff, but let's get with the important stuff first. Tell us your story of how you got on bikes and how you started riding bikes. Oh, actually, I didn't clip into a bike um, until after I turned 40. Oh, and nice. That was on the side of the Blue Ridge Mountains in North Carolina. Um, and um, I never looked back. It was great. Um, I mean, I did bike. I biked in high school. It had like a, my, my Fuji 10 speed. Um that I got for Christmas that was you know stolen a few months later. Um, and then fast forward, I was in grad school at UCLA and I was gonna commute on my bike, um, which I did, but then car culture got me um, after about six months. <laughs> um, and then life did what it did. Um, uh, and uh, long story short, back to the bike. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was doing indoor classes, like spin classes, and I'd been actually um, um, obese for many years um, through my 20s and 30s. Um, and I typically, I, I don't usually bring that into the bike scenario because people always want to know, oh, did you bike to lose weight? And that completely separate, nothing to do mm-hmm. with that. I mean, a little bit health and fitness, um, but it took me some time to kind of get my life together and kind of get happy again after 
some not great choices, life choices, <laughs> should we say? Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, so my sister actually for my 40th birthday, um, she I grew up in Virginia and um, she they bike and said, hey, let me take you on a little bike trip, kind of. We bike from hotel to hotel, and um, it was just amazing. It it yeah. literally changed that's my life. To, that's not one way to jump in. Well, yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it was great though. I mean, like I had a bike yeah. that didn't fit. You know, I I really didn't had never clipped into a bike before. I mean, on a spin bike, but never like yeah. actual Outside. motion. Um, well, it's not. It's super hard to fall over on a spin bike. Clipped it in. Is. Uh, it, <laughs> is, <laughs> it is I've possible. It. it is possible. It is possible. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but it is more difficult too. You got to give me at least that. It is more difficult. <laughs> Um, but it is possible uh, yeah no well, but, but it literally like the getting on the bike and being outside um it did kind of change my life for the better um I mean for the better obviously and I realized recently that that you know I feel like we're all looking for a certain flow or a certain something and I realized recently that that um feeling of being on the bike in the mountains, in nature, with my family and friends, like that is what I'm constantly striving for is that mm -hmm. initial feeling of, you know, like freedom, all that stuff. But it's really, um, it's, it's a good feeling when you, when you have it, you know? Yeah. Well, feel free to talk about this as much or as little as you want, but it's on your website. So like you had talked <laughs> about, <laughs> you had talked about, you came out of a challenging relationship uh and I just was wondering like is that um was that part of that freedom on the bike like that you experienced for that was that part of kind of yeah I mean it was um you know definitely um I, I want to um I mean I, uh, it was definitely um not a healthy relationship very toxic mm -hmm. a little abusive um but part of my you know recovery and coming out of that was really working on myself um, you know, the diet and exercise came later. Um, and, um, that's why I'm often hesitant to talk about my obesity, which I had for years in relation to the bike, um, because of all the toxic diet culture and it's just gets right. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. <laughs> um, but, um, but I was getting healthier mentally, um, and I was divorced and that was amazing being single. I was so happily single <laughs> at 40. <laughs> yeah. um, and, um, and, uh, and it was being on the, it was a good um, progression um, as I got healthier mentally and physically um from kind of being very much I still am an introvert but from being like inside um being inside the gym I've always been kind of a gym rat I do mm -hmm. like that environment um but I've never done anything really outside you know like I'm not a hiker I didn't run um I it was I mean it was definitely part of my personal growth looking back feeling strong enough mentally to get outside um and it was it was amazing and it was great to have that initially the support system of my sister and her husband um but then by the grace of like a beautiful universe <laughs> um when i got back to la 
Um, and I was so pumped on like biking. I'm like, okay, I got to keep this up. I just loved it. But I was living and still do live kind of in the heart of LA. And I had no idea where to bike, where to purchase a bike. Yeah. I knew nothing like um, zero. And by the, again, the grace of the universe, I met um, the next week, the man who's actually now my husband, but he is a cyclist. Um, and I'm at a function of, you know, party, book signing, outdoor thing. And he had just finished a like 90 mile ride. I'm like, oh, wow. You know, like, <laughs> um, and that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it was like, amazing. He'll actually bring to my yeah. point, like, is that um, he, he's um, um, at the time he was um, competitive cycling, um, amateur, whatever, you know, doing crit races in LA and, um, and he introduced me to a group of cyclists um here in LA that was I hate to say it not normal in the sense that they were like welcoming and wonderful and you know you show up for your first group ride um road bikes and they were an amazing group of people the way um, it should be when you show up for a group ride <laughs> it should yeah. be and it's not always I mean it's yeah. often yeah. not always and I found that to be the case later um just how lucky I was that this group of people um yeah and there are a lot of um, like people of color. It was not the typical LA roadie scene. And um, and that is like that feeling of feeling included and that you're supposed to be here um, and we want you here is exactly the feeling that I'm trying to um, promote and, and continue because it's, it's, it's so important. And really it's, it's about mental health and, and, and just kind of being happy. Um, so yeah. Well, kudos to your sister and husband for like encouraging that trip. Right? Like, it's a, right? a, a, a switch got flipped. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's it cool. did. Um, and um, I mean, it did lead me, you know, so that was when I was um, 40. And so throughout the, uh, you know, for like, I got, you know, pretty into it, the whole um, road bike. Yeah. I was going to say, you didn't stop with that trip. I no, was, I mean, I it was really, your, again, I read your website. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was fun. I mean, I met the uh, the people I met, the other cyclists. I mean, it was a community, you know, and, um, and then I, um, as things do happen, you, um, I wanted to get better physically and began to kind of um, do events and compete. Um, and, um, and that was good for a, a while. <laughs> but when you don't start exercise, I mean, really exercising after you're 40, you just don't have the muscle memory and you don't, I mean, it was, it's hard to go to a race and because the point of racing is often to win, you know, or like, <laughs> um, and, and the vibe, that, and that's the thing is, that's also the vibe. I want to, as I, I put this nicely, um, after a few years, I found myself in a circle of cyclists that weren't necessarily healthy mentally. You know, it was that thing mm -hmm. that um, you have to be as fast as to be as good as kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, and I was sucked into it. I was like, I mean, you know, I'm just a normal person and I was part of that um, vibe. Um, and then I, um, I, um, it got kind of be a little bit of a drag. Um, and I know I've heard like there's this, um, so it was 2015 and um, there's this, and back then there was no, from what I knew in LA, no gravel scene. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I did um, Belgian Wolf Ride, BWR, in 2015. And so it was like 142 miles and, um, you know, however many million feet of climbing. And um, the cool thing, and what I'm still uh, believe, is that the, what was fun was the training. You know, I was mm. lucky, again, to have a nice group of really supportive men and women to um, train with. To, um, and I'd never been uh, ridden my bike on dirt or gravel. I mean, I was afraid. And so the training for BWR was amazing for my personal skill level, um, just to bring the road bike onto a gravel road or a dirt road. I was like, oh my God, I can do this. You know, like it was a real, it was a big jump for me. Like um, just skill and also confidence level. It was, it was great. Um, but the environment of the particular ride, especially that year was especially toxic. Um, oh, I've, heard, I've heard about the 2015 year. Yeah. In fact, a lot of the uh, women that I knew um, in kind of protests like dropped out. They decided not, not to go um, and completely valid. Um, but I was kind of pissed off. I'm like, no, like I did months of training. I actually even hired a coach to help me. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? I'm not going to do the ride. Like, heck no. no. <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely going to do it. Um, and um, I did, you know, I finished and, and felt really accomplished. But then there were still like kind of this, because my time was slower than other people, it was still about how fast you were, um, even among us amateurs. Like, it's just like, it just didn't feel real comfortable. Um, yeah. As, as far as like fun, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's just my personal take on it. Um, but then I did um, continue to um, train and then there was an event, which is actually a very fun event called the Everest Challenge in the Sierra Mountains, which was a two day event where over the two days, you're on road bikes, but you bike um, the height of like 28,000 feet in two days. Um, and I trained a lot, like doing 20 hours a week. And um, I, didn't, I didn't finish. And then, so looking back, what was happening personally was um, as a woman who menstruates, I was um, bleeding a lot and also had, I basically had fibroids. Um, mm. And the week leading up to the event, I was bleeding a lot to the point where I, I saw a doctor and I mean, everything's fine. There was nothing um, all taken care of. But at the time it felt like I had a quote condition <laughs> or something that was, again, like we're all people in progress. I'm still, you know, especially then, but now we're still growing and figuring out how to be the best people we can be. But I felt as if it was something I couldn't really talk about. Like hmm. it was my own personal thing that I had to deal with, which was, I mean, silly anyway, but that's how, that was the reality of it. Um, and then, um, so years later, I'll do a quick jump to when I started Fierce Hazel, um, a lot of the first products that I made were with that in mind as a woman cyclist, especially a cyclist doing events where being fast and quick and being, you know, having short rest stops um, was a priority um, is that I often had to bring a tampon with me. Um, and especially in those porta potties, like you want a little handy wipe, like you want everything quick. Um, you want it right there in your Jersey pocket um, and you want to be able to access it, like be able to access it quickly. And, um, and so my first product was a little pouch called the Echelon pouch, which was um, initially designed for road racing or for um, to put everything that you needed in that little pouch. Um, but what was cool for me, what I found, you know, as I 
designed all this is that even though I had um, people who menstruate in mind is that it was designed for all people, you know, a little, a little slot, you can put a tire lever in there, a pen, a pencil, chapstick, like you don't need to, you can have universal, universal design for all mm -hmm. people without being specific. And that was kind of um, an important lesson for me, I guess, you know, to be, um, uh, to think about all, all types of people, um, not when you design something, when you brand something, um, uh, it's just an important, one of my core values. Um, so, um, so yeah, so kind of coming from like the roadie background, even though I was 40 when I started, um, it was important for me to have things that were super lightweight um, and technical. Um, like I wanted to be like, just as good as like the quote, the big boys, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but be like woman owned. Um, and on top of that, um, eco-friendly. Um, and so that being eco-friendly and being a small company, um, I had to be very creative, um, and flexible. Um, and so what my solution was is to the, all the initial products were made from leftover material um, called dead stocked, um, but from the factory floor. So I visited the, um, the factory, um, which is in uh, Vietnam for the technical stuff. Um, and um, I was also the first and only woman they've ever worked with, which was kind of cool. Um, but by visiting there, I, I mean, I went to visit because I wanted to make sure it was ethical and um, just a good place to make the products. Um, but seeing they have this room full of leftover material and called dead stock. And then long story short, we use that to make all the first products and all the products still are, um, have dead stock and old material in them. So, um, that's um, very cool. Yeah. yeah. I have never talked to a bike, anybody that worked in the bike industry that was like, I made this with menstruating women in mind. <laughs> 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 right I, I feel like in the last two years especially everybody's talking about periods but mm -hmm. like even this was 2016 2015 2016 like nobody was talking about that then oh but, yeah no yeah I mean again I was a grown woman I mean I still am I well kind of but uh, <laughs> but you know I mean it's uh, it was I mean I felt embarrassed to have like a tampon showing in my jersey pocket it's just and I just did and so yeah. um, I wanted to find a solution because, I mean, I think that's valid, you know, um, and um, a way to make things easier. Like any little thing that you can do, like control the controllable, right? Like mm -hmm. any little thing that kind of helps you or helps a person. Um, and so that was the motivation behind it. And it is helpful. I mean, it has lots of more uses, but um, um, and same with the, um, I have a, um, a larger like um, wallet. Um, it's called the, um, the, the tour de fierce, um, um, wallet and it has the slot in front is designed for a tampon. Um, most people use it for a tire level or, um, again, a pen or pencil. Um, but I'm kind of especially proud of that because it's not only is it, um, I think well-designed and really well-made, but it's the lightest full-size wallet out there. Like That's there's awesome. no, no other um, cycling brand makes a full-size wallet that's lighter than that it's um so I'm like yeah that's that was kind of like a little yeah accomplishment that's that that's the waterproof one right yeah, yeah they're all water, waterproof yeah. um the one that's the ultra light 
um, it has a, a coating that can um, over time, but yeah, they're all waterproof. The one that's, um, I call it the ballistic black one, the, um, the, the um, Tour de Fierce is, um, is a little heavier. Yeah. Um, and it's super, it's, I mean, it's almost, I don't, I don't wanna say indestructible, but I'm, I'm really very proud of the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're all like seam sealed and laser cut um, and just really solid pieces of gear. Um, yeah. Yeah. I took that one to Canada. Like I would do this trail running trip and it like, it didn't rain, but they were like, Oh, we could like, it could be completely rainy. So I took that one and I had like my extra charger, mm-hmm. like my phone charger. And cause you can't run it. You like, you gotta take all the beautiful pictures. Right. And then my yeah. cables and stuff. And well, I was hello. like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is perfect. It was like a perfect size. Cause it was waterproof and it was like easy to tuck into things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, no, there's I have, multiple I have... uses for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm big on picture taking. Like I, yeah. I, I try to stop as much as possible and take pictures. Um, and so that wallet has the um, a slot in back, which was designed to keep your phone really handy. Um, yeah. Nice. And another cool design thing, I I made kind of a large um, pull strap um, for the zipper pull, um, and that was in mind um, if you have like full finger gloves on or yeah. cold weather. Um, but then it's another kind of design feature that makes it easier for all people to use it. Um, it's um, yeah, just kind of being committed to um, designing for all types of yeah. environments. If you're looking for a bag to power your epic adventures, look no further than women-led brand Fierce Hazel. I love their bags and that they are all functional, which means they're lightweight, durable, and rainproof, which is very important. They are sustainable, all are made of upcycled or recycled or responsibly sourced materials, and they're made in California with unique designs. Some of the bags that I'm loving are their handlebar and saddle bags from their True Grit line that make it easy to carry everything and they're very lightweight, uh, and their Echelon pouches. I have had so many Ziploc bags shoved into things everywhere, and these pouches just make it really easy to carry everything um, in one seamless pouch. You can go over to fiercehazel.com slash discount slash girls gone gravel and use the code girls gone gravel to get 30% off your purchase at checkout. One of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last few years is I have been getting sick pretty much every time I travel and I travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related. And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on, and it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor, Prevenex. We've worked with Prevenex within our feisty brands for a long time. If you listen to Hit Play Not Pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, you've also heard about how their great protein powder, but I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I've not been sick one time this year. And and I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has everything that you need for immune health support, and it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store. It's supercharged with immune-boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit, extract, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year, 
you're going to use the code girls gone gravel for 15% off your first purchase of immune health plus or any of their other products. That's girls gone gravel for 15% off of your purchase. And you go to prevanex.com. You can find that in the show notes. I'm curious as to what your experience has been like being a woman, like building a company in the, in the bike industry, in the bike space. Mm. Well, that's actually an excellent question. <laughs> um, it's, uh, um, well, it's hard to know otherwise because I'm, um, I'm a, I'm a, You're uh, a woman is doing I'm that a woman, in the bike a, space. cisgendered woman. So I don't really know how other people have it. I can, I can guess. Um, it is, um, okay, well, for example, um, I started the business, um, a couple small products, we're doing pretty well um, after the first year, well, it was COVID, but even for COVID, it was, I did reasonably okay, and to the point where um, I had um, a distributor wanted to kind of take me on as kind of um, almost a business partner. Um, and again, I'm always learning, but I kind of started this business um, because the dominant cycling culture, I didn't feel completely accepted, uh, right? But as soon as like someone from like <laughs> that industry was like, hey, we want you on board. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, it's like it's like when you're high school and like the cool kids, you sit at their table, oh, you know, and then you realize yeah. they don't really care. And they have no idea how to support you and what you need. Um, and because you're not part of their ecosystem. So it really, it didn't work out. Um, kind of no harm, no foul, but um, it, it kind of set me back because I put a lot of energy in, into that partnership. Um, and and I mean, like, uh, I, I mean, it's, when you're part of a dominant culture, I find it as a human being, as myself, be very hard to separate myself from it. Like I'm always learning. Like I, it's a um, not a struggle, but I very easily fall into like what I see is like, oh, I should be like that, or I. And it's um, so it's taken me some time to get my head focused of who my people are, you know, um, which mm -hmm. kind of led me actually to the the gravel community, um, and um, just making more of an effort. And the, the thing is like, it's like the, the numbers are there. If you're looking at a business, um, I was just breaking it down recently. I forget the numbers, but I say there's like 14 million people in the U S who have bikes and you break it down anymore to those who ride their bike more than twice a week. And you have almost like 9.8 million people. Okay, and so, and how many registered racers are there? Like 110,000. So like, come on, like, yeah. like the, the numbers of like, of, of people who enjoy cycling um, way outpace um, kind of that, um, again, the dominant cycling race culture that it's mm, easy yeah. to get sucked into. Um, and I mean, again, why I, um, really appreciate the gravel community is that what I see is it's um it's people putting in the effort it's not just saying that we're going to include be inclusive it's like that that distributor person it's like oh we want to take you on I like what you're about but not really putting in the work or the money to give the support that an outsider might need would um, need yeah and um it's something I I it's um 
Dr. Meg Fisher, actually she um, took this from this from her, but it's con and, um, the concept of we all deserve a seat at the table, which is like, yeah, sure. But then there's some people you want to like pull the chair out for, you know, like mm -hmm. you can't just say, oh, hey, you can come, you can sit with us. But maybe you just got to get up and like give that person a little nudge and maybe give them some money or some extra encouragement. Like it, it's not just saying you want to include everyone. Um, it's putting out, it's putting the effort. Um, so for a business in the cycling community, like I, I'm not here to, um, to, you know, change the world. <laughs> um, so it's easier for me to be in a community that I feel um, accepted. Um, and that is actually, uh, I, you know, I've seen it, people help me. I mean, just because they're good people, you know, mm -hmm. going out of their way to shoot the product, you know, on the bag with them, or even some, some pros, ex pros, like testing the gear for me and giving me their input. Um, I mean, that's going the extra mile. Like, uh, I don't know if I would see that in other, other cycling communities, like people, yeah. I mean, it's really heartwarming. Like I'm just, I mean, I'm not going to cry, but there's some people in the community <laughs> that are just so helpful and they continue yeah. to be helpful and, um, and real help, not just a pat on the back. So it's, um, so, I mean, also my, the, the other thing is that I, I didn't, my background isn't in gear design or in the cycling community. So coming into any kind of career, I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but late in life, like making the connections, I mean, that takes time yeah. anyway. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit like the, um, yeah. Again, I love the gravel community because it, it's, it's more than just a pat on the back, you know, yeah. like yeah. you see. It's the um, family. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's sincere. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, um, but yeah, I think starting a business, being a solo entrepreneur by yourself, any bit, it's hard, you know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hours, um, a lot of networking and it's, um, but I'm surprised. Like, I don't, I've been looking, I, there's not another uh, woman led um, cycling gear company in the U S that I can find at all. There's a woman in Australia making something. There's people that do um, make things kind of custom. Um, but I haven't found another woman making gear um, in the U S as a, as a company. Hmm. Do you guys know of anyone? Yeah, I can't. Cause I'm, I've been looking. Just, I don't, <laughs> it's the, uh, Catherine, but I think it's her husband that makes all the gear for moose. What's it called? Moose. Oh, moose packs. Oh yes. I'm like, why can I not yeah. think of the name? Yeah. There's a couple like, yeah. um, but couples. it's not like, she's not the lead. Like she has another yeah, job. It's, yeah. He's the, yeah. He's the lead yeah. on that. I mean, there's plenty of women. I mean, not plenty. Uh, not, I mean, we know there are, there's women. Yes. There's women. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's different when all of the responsibility and the planning and everything stops with you yeah right and and all the decisions and and I think like probably one of the reasons I don't know who else testing your stuff or helping you in the gravel community but I think a lot of the women like have had to hustle so hard like if they're on the pro level like they're having to work oh yeah two jobs and they're having to yeah you know like they basically run a business called themselves yeah. <laughs> so they get yeah. it they're, they're they're very good at um, helping other women come along. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to that point is a lot, um, there have been some, you know, pro women who have found my product somehow and they often reach out through social. I'm like, yeah. I mean, they're hustling, they're working, they're, 
above and beyond <laughs> <Like> working <laughs> like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking you were talking earlier about menstruating and being on your period and how we didn't talk about it. I, I do think that culture is changing and that it, it made me think one of my favorite quotes this summer was Paige Onweller was in Emporia for several, uh, for like a month or so leading up to Unbound. And we were on a ride, like a group ride and everybody's lined up to go on this group ride. And there's probably like 30 people there. And she just rolls up and she's like, can we start having honest conversations about saddle sores? And like literally yeah. just starts talking about where saddle sores are. On Absolutely. And I was just like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, and it was funny to watch all these men just kind of be like, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's part of riding your bike. I mean, it's all part of it. And it's, it's funny how, I mean, I'm hoping that's changing, but you know. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, saddle stores also, I remember having, I made that kind of point to talk about it years ago with other women, like give yeah. my tips. Cause I had some atrocious yeah. things happen at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and we talk about a lot about menopause, obviously within the feisty yeah. network. And it's like, there's things that change that yeah. are not comfortable on your bike anymore as things are happening during yeah. menopause. And like, we have a talk and like women just, and I'm definitely like in the heart of perimenopause. And the other day I was like, I understand why people just like fall out of their communities and stop going because I'm like, my body is not responding the way it has my yeah. whole life of being active. Yeah. And it's frustrating and it feels like what the <laughs> well yeah. you're you're confused. Like yeah. it's it's like this has always worked and now it's not working. And and even like finding what works isn't a straight path forward for anybody. Like it's all different. And so it's yeah. just it's I mean, it's important to be talking about it, but you know, just because something works for Catherine doesn't mean it's necessarily gonna work for me or work the same for me. And it's yeah. just, you know, those conversations are hard and I don't yeah, it's it does make you rethink your why sometimes. And that's like when yeah, you're so then, confident in your why, then it's like, what, well, what, what just happened? So yeah, that's weird. Well, I mean, that's why I'm but, in love with the whole, all of feisty media and, you know, yeah, talking about sure. it and because I'm, I'm solid menopause um, mm -hmm. and like no one talked about it um, and the changes. And yeah, like you were saying, like you've been training a certain way or doing certain tricks and all of a sudden, nope. Um, and <laughs> like, where did this body come from? All I, I mean, <laughs> what just happened? I, yeah. Like, you know, or you're like looking for your keys and they're on your finger, you know, or <laughs> all of it. The amount of times that I do find my phone from my watch that it's like literally right beside me. Like, right. yeah. <laughs> or even when you do it and you're literally looking at find my phone on your phone, like right. that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit, it's right here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's but also I'm, great, like finding I it's I mean it's also that um like women to, not just to talk about it, but to exercise with and to bike with at this age. Yeah. Um yeah. it's um and that's why I love traveling outside of LA to go to events like I, and I feel like I find my people um mm -hmm. when I leave I mean LA is great I mean I'm not um it's totally no, fine it's just yeah it's just well, a different culture there's it's also a collection of your people so not only do you find a but there's it's like a it's just kind of a a wellspring of like yeah it's just a connection and then yeah, yeah. I mean I love LA it's, I mean great great con great in Malibu I mean amazing road there is there's some decent dirt that um I take advantage of but it's either kind of fire roads a little easy and then it jumps to like single track and pretty technical 
So um, you can't do long rides without repeating yourself. Um, well, I actually, I mentioned this more um, before we started, but my very first travel to outside of LA was to Patagonia, Arizona to Yay. go um, gravel riding. And it's a, it's a, you know, it's a long drive, but it's a one day drive from LA. And it kind of like another moment that kind of changed my life. I was like, oh, wow, this is what gravel, this is it. This is what people mm -hmm. talk about. Like this is, you can just get on. I mean, it was just, I can't even speak, right? Because it was so fun. Like that's my happy place um, where it's a little bit harder. Also, I think um, about menopause and age and the type of writing that works well for my body now tends to be shorter, maybe harder rides or, you know, more power, but not necessarily, you know, hours and hours on the bike. Mm -hmm. So um, I can feel really good with a two or three, or even a three hour ride. Amazing on dirt. Like I feel like really satisfied, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, now, and now that I'm trying to um, travel different events outside of SoCal, um, I'm just freaking loving it. You know, good. it's just so, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, I think, it's, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think it comes with like, kind of building and creating your own business, right? Because feisty, we're very mm. much in a building phase. And I'm like, I don't have, I don't have the bandwidth to like, think about everything I need to go ride my bike all day on yeah. a Saturday anymore, because I've got a lot of bandwidth that's going into building and growing yeah. this business. And so then it like, I don't want another part-time job on top of it, which is yeah. like tra training 20 hours right. a week, but I want to go out and ride and have fun and just enjoy the experience. Yeah. Also, yeah, we have a life. Like we actually have a life, hopefully, you know, depending on what. Depends on what time of year it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> right now, I don't feel like I have a life. <laughs> We've got a feisty yeah. strong course that's going on sale tomorrow. So, but yeah, I mean, I hope, look, there's, I mean, I find, you know, like women, you know, for many reasons, mostly it tends to be um, childcare reasons that women get out of cycling for a couple of years or activity. Um, and so coming into this age, whatever it is, 45 plus, um, like seeing people get back into it, um, is pretty, is pretty fun. Um, yeah. and there's a different, um, different vibe that I, yeah. preferring. it's like a much less like stressed out about whatever other people think about you. And just like, I know, I understand myself more. I know my goals. Yeah. I don't care like that external pressure kind of goes away and I kinda think it melts that's away where, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where people just kind of, they're looking for the, and I think that's what attracts so many women as they're getting older into gravel is one, the safety. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to be on the road anymore. And Heck then no. two, just that sense of like getting away adventure, feeling like you can relax. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that, I mean, it's, I mean, if you do it right, I mean, it's not that hard, you know, I mean, you need a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit of skill, but it's, it's, especially now, because that first ride I did, I mean, I remember back in 2015, um, like it was a big deal. I went up to 25 tires, you know, like mm. from 23 to 20. Like, <laughs> that was a big jump then. Yeah, it was. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever ridden on 25s. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, I did 28. You're like, oh no, that's not. 28 you you must be you know not skilled enough 
but but I just um I put new tires on my bike this weekend a little bit wider than what I had and they're 45s and oh my gosh like so much more fun yeah like I mean it just it's fun um I'm always actually surprised because there is but there's not more um not just women but people out um on the on gravel um because I think it's it's a really it's a real nice place to be yeah, yeah. agreed yeah. Well, uh, what's next for Fierce Hazel? Is there anything yeah. fun that we need to know about that's coming out or that you're working on? Um, well, I nothing new was we we just launched the new um the true grit um saddlebag and handlebar bag, um, which yeah. I was really pretty nice excited about. Um, and it was kind of um took about a year to do the product development. Um and that happened like a quick backstory is when I was at the um, the factory um, in Vietnam making the initial small products, uh, um, they were literally like, they were making these cocoon outdoor hammock thingies, I don't know how to describe them, but they would cut out a big circle of fabric and throw it away. Like literally this big sort of thing thrown into the landfill. And it was about mm-hmm. uh, maybe two by three inch square oval thing. And um I had years prior found this vintage um, Swiss Army bike bag backpack um, that I kind of um, wanted to uh, make into a product. And anyway, so that material, which was being thrown away, made the first um, called the Urban Explorer bag. Um, but it uses this fabric called Olefin, um, um, which is an outdoor fabric that I learned about. Um, and so the new True Grit lines made from Olefin. But what's and is a petroleum product, but it's super eco-friendly because it's made from um, the petroleum waste. So when um, people make all kinds of plastics and whatever they make with petroleum crap, there's still waste that goes into the oceans. It's being kind of thrown away. So this um, material was invented in the '60s to use that that um, that waste, um, and so it's very durable and. Um, um, water resistant and is very lightweight and there's no one else. I mean, honestly, and I mean, I'm going to say like the world or like in the U S for sure, that's using this fabric to mm-hmm. make gear out of. And I think that was kind of where my, like my superpowers came in at the factory is like coming in from outside the gear industry. Um, I think you're more open to seeing what's out there and being open to something different. Um, and it's been, um, like fully tested and it's super durable, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about this material, um, um, being used for, for cycling gear. So, um, so that's, they're, they're brand new and that's what I'm, I'm mostly excited about, um, getting that out and, and, um, and then hopefully in another year or so kind of a few more products based off that. But, um, I don't know, I think it's, I don't, I think it's pretty rad. Yeah. (laughs) One other thing I I noticed when I got, uh, when you sent product to us, uh, was, um, the little wallet. And then I went on your site and I looked and you have chosen to create like a vintage look with women. Yeah. Kind of a tour de France vintage. Mm -hmm. So kind of taking those traditional cycling where women weren't allowed and putting women on them. And so what was the thought behind that? Exactly. Exactly that. Like I really, I mean, I love cycling culture, all, all of it you know, all of the Tour de France, Giro d'Italia, like all the, all the classic European races. Um, it's just, 
I like it. But then where are the women? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I don't, I don't, <laughs> so yeah. like, I'm going to create this. <laughs> yeah. So um, actually when I did the first one, it was before I knew the Tour de France of that um, Swift was going to be, uh, um, you know, happen. Yeah. Um, and so I, I literally was like on a, on a, um, street in Paris and found some a vintage um, Tour de France magazine cover um, that I liked and worked with an illustrator to recreate it with a woman in the lead. Um, and the, um, some of the first branding I used was from a, um, a um, Italian vintage poster. Um, and then some other ones um, I use that, but put a person of color, like um, um, a male who's black um, as a writer just because we just don't, we don't see those yeah. people in advertising and marketing. We, I mean, it's kind of crazy that we don't see it more. I mean, it's not, I understand it, but it's, um, yeah, I want to say it's not, I don't know if it's my mission, but it's, it's important to me that all people are represented, represented and included. Um, and it's not that hard. I mean, people, it's you really not that, that was hard. It, but <laughs> it does seem to be for a lot of people. Um, I did love it that because I when I got it, I was like, I pulled it out. I was looking at it. And I think you had sent a postcard or something too. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did a triple take. And I was like, that's a woman. on Like, this is like a throwback look. And so I went and looked mm-hmm. it up on your website. And I yeah. was like, oh, this is really cool. And I do love that it's like, let's reimagine what our mind thinks is the history of cycling. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. go like, everybody belongs in these spaces. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, I'm a, my background is kind of fine art and I'm definitely very um, visually, I learn visually and I'm a visual person in that respect. And, um, and yeah, I mean, also we, I mean, we buy uh, women are, um, are, we buy things that are with boy faces on it, you know, or it's, it's not that, and even my, um my customer base, it's, probably mostly, I mean, it's 50, 50 or maybe 60 male to female. Um, and people don't care. Yeah. You know, as long as the product is good. Yeah. You know, that's it looks yeah. good. Like really, I mean, and if you care, I don't want you buying it. Like if yeah. you're that person, I mean, every now and then you get that, you know, I had a um, review of one of my first um, products with the tampon slot and um, there was some, um, website that reviewed it and the comments were like oh they couldn't even say the word tampon like you know that's for and they were just I'm like that's cool you know you're not my customer and I really don't want to be associated with that person um because there's so many good people out there I mean it's really there's there's so many I mean kind of yeah I mean so many good people and ethics drive kind of everything that I do both business and personally um and there's just a lot of really good people out there yeah. That's what I'm going to focus on. <laughs> yeah. It's inter- It's been interesting, like with this, like, cause we always do some campaigns around, like we did some with the women's tour and then we have been doing a soccer campaign on like our main feisty media site. And of course we've gotten some trolls and then uh, also like women that are saying, well, but men can do this too. And I'm like, they can. And like, yeah. if you actually look at the numbers, they are like you're saying like we have more men customers yeah if you look at the viewing numbers for the world cup and for like the tour de france sims it's higher on men than women so it's not like we're saying men can't do this because we're elevating women it's saying like we traditionally haven't been welcomed into these spaces 
Yeah. And so let's take a minute to elevate these voices and to celebrate them because men are already watching women. Yeah. You're, you're already there. They're, they're, they're cool. already buying your products, right? <laughs> yeah. Like their voices have always been elevated. So anyway, it's just like been an interesting to watch that yeah. this year. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And also, I mean, with my, um, business, business, when I first started thinking that I would, um, initially focus on like women only in the sport. Um, and that, uh, I mean, that changed just because of the demographics of who cycles, but also as I learned again, as growing as a human, hopefully always learning and growing, but that I really want to include all people, you mm-hmm. know, men, women, um, trans, BIPOC, I mean, all like, not just- Just humans. Only, humans, yeah. And you can make stuff for everyone. It doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, tampons matter if you menstruate, but other yeah. than that, like- <laughs> Oh, and if you don't menstruate, like you said, you could put a tire lever in there. Yeah, pen in there. <laughs> pen. <laughs> like, how long have we been, like, you know, like, you just, I mean, thankfully now there's more, you know, cycling kits, you know, for- for women like yeah. how long did we buy oh men cycling kits with like chamois that were the size of a pencil you know <laughs> yeah well well I love all this um where where are you going to be for the rest of the season are you going to any events to ride or to uh, have a booth I, for yeah, Hazel, or? my next one or my first one I'm going up to um RPI Rebecca Rebecca's private Idaho um, which is, is fun. I really in, enjoyed up there. I went last year, um, as a vendor, but this time I'm going to ride, um, and just nice. enjoy myself. Um, I'm going, um, actually I'm doing a gravel camp. Um, Serena Bishop oh, has a, um, a oh, gravel yeah, camp. Uh, the special blend. I, special I, blend. Oh, I, I was keep saying amazing. I'm going to go to that cause I'm up here in Washington state. So yeah, you I, need to go to that. Have to. I, know. I went last year. It was like, just so well done so professional um so uh, anyway it was so good the first time i'm going a second time because it was really nice to be at a camp that was for intermediate cyclists and get real coaching like pros are there to help you um and all the i mean anyway i'm doing that and then um there's an event here in socal called the um bovine classic i'll be doing that and i mean i would do more if i had the time just having your own business um right there with you (laughs) it's it's a bit you know yeah yeah (laughs) Um, I I understand but um yeah yeah, the more events I can go to the better just for fun just because it just nurtures my soul really yeah well everybody should definitely go check out the fierce hazel website and then where are the best places for people to follow you on social um instagram i'm at uh, fierce.hazel is pretty easy to find and then my website but yeah I, I i enjoy instagram i enjoy actually the the it's the community you know um it's helpful i actually yeah i mean i love watching some of the um the recent um a gravel events that have the, the kind of the live feed on the stories mm-hmm. um that's been like just so fun um i don't know for me as a again i don't living wow. out living farther away it's, it's been great so i i enjoy um the community yeah. on instagram yeah, we we've said we've talked about that in Feisty because we you know we started in triathlon. Um, 
And I'm like, triathlon needs to get it together. Like nobody wants to sit in front of a TV and watch a live stream of a triathlon all day. Just do yeah. the stories like yeah. the gravel events are doing. And you can, yeah. you can follow it the way you follow everything else. Like, Oh, but you know, people are complaining about the way gravel events do it. So it's like, people, I people think are always going to complain. want to consume media. Like, I think it's yeah. great because it's an easy way to check in. You know, it's, yeah. it's an easy way to keep track of it and, and stay up to date without having to, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to sit committed. in front of my TV all day on a. This girl here loves it. I mean, whatever it's, it's, it's working. It's fun. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's so, it's so awesome to meet you, Frankie. I'm so glad you came on. This has been great. Oh, thank you. It's such a thrill. I mean, again, fangirl over here, but (laughs) (laughs) loving it. You have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.